Welcome to NoSpinHomilies.com. I invite you to join me to reflect upon the homilies of Father Dan. Father Dan will challenge us to open our heart, mind, and soul to the Word of God. Father Dan will draw upon sacred scripture along with art, literature, and the lives of the saints to help us grow in our love and knowledge of the scripture. In doing so, we can become the living Word of God in this world. Now it is my pleasure to present to you No Spin Homilies. Many of us have heard the phrase, safety first, or better safe than sorry. We as Americans value safety. You know, that's one of the reasons why we pay into Social Security, because we hope and expect that we'll receive an income in our retirement. That's why we take out insurance on our home, our car. God forbid that anything will happen to them, but we know that if something does, they will be replaced. Well, The question that Jesus is given in the gospel, you could say, is the ultimate safety. What is going to happen to us at the end of our life? A man approaches Jesus and says, will only a few be saved? Now, he's asking a question about salvation and heaven. Now, this question has preoccupied generations for centuries on end. Before Vatican II, the Catholic Church emphasized mortal sin and how mortal sin would prevent us from going to heaven and receiving salvation. The byproduct of that was that the people during that time recognized an image of God of being fierce, judgmental, and ready to pounce on us at any mistake whatsoever, ready to send us to hell. Well, after Vatican II, the pendulum swung the other way. The church no longer emphasized sin, but now emphasized God's love and assumed that everyone would get into heaven. Now, I would argue both perspectives are not good. If we believe that everyone is saved, regardless of their behavior and their beliefs, then people would be utterly indifferent and apathetic to the spiritual life, which paves the way to secularism, which is so prevalent in our country and around the world. If we believe heaven is a guarantee and a given, regardless of the life that we lived, then the temptation is why bother practicing our faith? Instead, focus on all of our attentions to satisfy our pleasures. More to it, if heaven is guaranteed, then we should no longer practice our faith and turn towards the secular world and focus all of our time and attention on chasing after things like fame, fortune, honor, power, notoriety. And yet, at the same time, we realize we don't want people to be terrified of God, fearful of judgment, such that they become enslaved to the practice of their faith. They practice their faith because they're terrified of God. Well, we don't want that to happen either. Well, look precisely at how Jesus answers this question. Now, he's asked a very abstract and philosophical question, and he turns to answer it by making it very personal for each and every one of us. Why? Because Jesus is trying to help us, to get us accomplish something that is great and yet sometimes difficult. 
I'll give you a good analogy. You take a person who wants to get into shape and stay into shape. They live a very lethargic and unhealthy lifestyle. Now, if they essentially get a trainer that is a good trainer, that trainer will lay out a plan of diet, nutrition, and exercise. Will it be easy for this person to get into shape? No, not at all. They're used to eating fast food every day, maybe several times a day. Around 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon during work, they feel their blood sugar bottoming out. They get tired and they reach out for what? M&M's or maybe a Snickers bar. The only exercise they get is walking down the hall to the vending machines. Now they tell their trainer this and the trainer says what? You cannot do this ever again. You need to first start eating more fruits and vegetables. And when you get that feeling in the afternoon that your blood sugar is bottoming out and you're tired, you reach for a handful of almonds, which is better for you. More to it, he'll tell you, you need to get up early in the morning before you go to work and go to the Y and exercise. And if you can't do that in the morning, then when you come home after work, then you go to the Y and you exercise. And not just once a week, but you do it every day. Again, this is not going to be easy for this person. It's going to be difficult. But what they're trying to do is something great, which is to get into good physical health and stay there. Now, if this person really wants to get into shape, they will adjust their lives. Adjusting to a proper diet and good exercise. Why? And this is important. Because they believe. They believe in the benefits of good health. Now, when they're at the Y exercising, they may say to their trainer, okay, how many people are like me? How many people are like me here in the United States that are trying to get into shape? 10%, 20%? Now, if this person is a good trainer, they'll say, don't you worry about all those other people. Just worry about yourself. That's enough to worry about. Now, get back to work. Now, with that in mind, apply that to the gospel. Jesus is asked a very abstract question, but he didn't give it an abstract answer. Instead, the answer is very personal for each and every one of us. Jesus is really telling this person, don't worry about the rest of the people, whether they're saved or not. Worry about yourself. That's enough to worry about. Now get back to work. And so it begs the question, what does eternal life mean? What does it mean to get to heaven? Well, it means fully participating in a life of God, conforming ourselves to God. That's what Jesus is referring to when he says, strive to enter the narrow gate. Well, Jesus is the gate himself. We need to conform ourselves to Jesus Christ such that we surrender to God's grace and we allow God's grace to flow through all aspects of our life. First, in our relationship to God, our own spirituality, and then with our family and our friends, with our neighbors, with our co-workers in the workplace, and all the activities that we do, in the soccer fields, all the places. See, when we do that, we are taking on the life of Christ. See, what we have to realize, everything in the spiritual life, the sacraments, sacred scripture, doctrine, dogma, they're all meant to bring us in conformity 
to God's way of being. Now, when I say to conform our lives with Christ, it means this. Your thoughts are the thoughts of Jesus. Your actions are the actions of the Holy Spirit. Your words are the words of God. Now, is this going to be always easy? No. But we all know that very famous phrase, nothing in this world is worth having or worth doing unless it requires effort and sacrifice. And I think that's the heart of the message. That's what Jesus is getting at. When we take on a life of Jesus Christ, we surrender ourselves to God. Now, is this going to be hard? Yes, sometimes it will be. Go back to the analogy of that person getting into shape. Is it going to be easy for that person to get up very early in the morning, to go to the Y and work out? Yes, sometimes it will be, absolutely. But it's worth it because that person will get into shape and stay in shape. So stop and think. If eternal life with God means we have to conform ourselves to God, yes, it's worth it. And that's what we believe. And here's the challenge. We have to work on it every day of our life. We can't just work on it a little bit and then put it aside for a month and then work on it a little bit more. No, each and every day of our life. Just like an athlete has to constantly be training to be at the top of their game, so must we. We have to realize Jesus Christ carried his cross and then he mounted it for us in order for us to be saved. Well, now we, in turn, have to carry our cross, the cross of living out our faith. Is it always going to be easy? No, Jesus never promised that. But we can't be afraid to walk that path of Christ. And what's more importantly, we have to realize we don't walk it alone. We walk it together. That's why it's so important for us to remain within our parishes, within our faith communities. Why? Because we draw strength from one another through prayer, through support, through guidance and friendship. Remember, Jesus needed Simon of Cyrene to help him carry the cross. And sometimes we need someone in our faith community, in our parishes, to help us bear the weight of our cross when we think that the challenges of our life seem to be overcoming us. We need people to walk with us and bear that cross. Again, we have to remember, heaven is the fullest state of life with Jesus. Heaven is us fully conformed, fully participate in sharing in a life of Christ. Now, Jesus says the gate to heaven is narrow. That's not because God is cruel and malicious. That's like saying our trainer at the Y is cruel and malicious because he's making us eat a balanced diet, a nutritious diet, and he's making us work out or exercise every day. Well, that's not true. The gate of heaven is narrow precisely because it's in the shape of Jesus himself. Jesus is that gate. And that's why we have to conform ourselves to Jesus. If we do, then we very easily pass through that gate without any problems whatsoever. Go back to that question in the gospel. How many will be saved? Well, I would argue, take that question and set it aside. Instead, we need to focus on our mission. As Jesus says, strive to enter 
through the narrow gate. We must conform our life to the life of Jesus. And when we do, then heaven is something we don't have to worry about. Instead, it's everything for us to look forward to. And may the grace and the peace of Jesus Christ rest upon you always.